A reading from the first book of Timothy. I am grateful to Christ Jesus our Lord, who has strengthened me because he judged me faithful and appointed me to his service, even though I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and a man of violence. But I received mercy because I acted ignorantly in unbelief, and the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. The saying is sure and worthy of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. But for that very reason I received mercy, so that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display the utmost patience, making me an example to those who would come to believe in him for eternal life. To the King of the Ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. Which one of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it. When he's found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, There will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman having 10 silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Forty-seven years ago, the bishop in Syracuse, New York, ordained me and posted me to my first church job at Trinity Episcopal Church in Elmira, New York. The rector there was David Kingman, in his mid-sixties, a bear of a man, 
smart and avid reader and a formidable public speaker. Soon after I got there, I realized that Mr. Kingman ended each Sunday morning service by reciting from memory a short portion of a poem by John Greenleaf Whittier. It was called The Eternal Goodness. The stanza went like this. I know not where his islands lift their fronded palms in air. I only know I cannot drift beyond his love and care. I had not thought of that pain to the divine love in several decades until this week while spending time with today's gospel. Looking back, I believe Mr. Kingman said that stanza every week of every day, of every, every week of every year, for himself, for all of us, and for his brother, killed at Pearl Harbor. Here is what I would like to say about some of the ways of being lost and the divine love that never lets us out of its presence. According to today's gospel, the despised people, known as tax collectors and sinners, were beginning to listen to what Jesus had to say. As a consequence, he turned his attention to them. This caused the privileged people, known as scribes and Pharisees, to, quote, grumble because Jesus accepted the outcasts as his friends, the lost as the found. That society, like some today, was rigidly stratified with everyone and everything in its appointed place. The idea of status social position and privilege was interestingly conveyed a few years ago in a New Yorker cartoon. An older man waves his imported cigar in front of a younger in an apparently snooty social club and says, remember, Bobby, new money is old money that got away. New money rearranges the social order, like the lost becoming found. Not everybody likes the rearranging, implies Jesus, but heaven loves it. He tells a few parables starring the lost. Like the tax collectors, their collected revenues, by the way, irksomely supported the Roman army of occupation. He wanted us to see that at the center of life is a dynamic process that actively and continuously searches for the lost and downtrodden. It finds them and brings them back. Then there is rejoicing on high. Since the parables are timeless, it seems worth asking, who are the lost today? that when found 
by the tenacious searching of the divine prompt such joy in heaven. The lost include people who may seem to function well in the home and or on the job, but the executive function has been preempted by alcohol or other drugs or by other compulsive behaviors before which one feels nearly helpless. But the accumulated wisdom of people who struggle with difficulties like this is that some strategies may help, possibly finding just one person to trust and reach out to may be a pathway to a new beginning or finding a group of others similarly beset. These resources are, of course, how the divine search for the lost works in the conditions of human life. And the Bible says, don't underestimate the joy on high when one is found and restored to life and health and family and friends and community once again. The lost also include people who might have set out to be and do the right and the good. But since life is larger than all of us, somehow things went wrong. We may not know how or even when, and we somehow ended up becoming something different. Maybe eventually guilt or shame seeped in, made its home in us, and refuses to leave. But with the help of just one who will not judge us, maybe right now, today, the divine will have found us and the path back to ourselves is recognized and a life of personal integrity, a self we can be prouder of, begins again. The joy on high is profound, says the Bible, when the lost are restored to moral health, wholeness, and the community of others. The lost also include some who had caught a glimpse of life's dangers and out of extreme caution never risked anything and so hardly ever lived. We resemble those about whom the French prisoner Papillon once said that what disturbed him would be to die of never having lived. But in this group, to take even a tiny risk is heroism and think of the joy on high when one of us gets a whiff of a divine adventure and a place for us in it. And for the first time in a long time or ever, we risk committing ourselves and feel lifted towards something larger and finer, and we know in a trice we are found. In a way, feeling lost is only an illusion 
for in truth we were never lost at all. An ancient hymnodist wrote this for the lost, part of Psalm 139 in the King James Version. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there thy hand shall lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from me, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. The cloud of witnesses testify that if we tried to flee the divine presence, we would never get away. There is no spot where God is not, some of them said, nor any minute, but God is in it. In closing, a splendid illustration of faith like this is given us by the Spanish well-schooled in Christian theology. When they came upon the fiery wilderness that we call Death Valley, they did not experience God-forsakenness. Rather, they named Death Valley La Palma de la Mano de Dios, the palm of God's hand. Never are we beyond the divine reach and our joy at being found is only part of the heavenly joy because of us. Amen.